Happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters. I am your host, the Apostle Reuben. In this short podcast episode, we're going to be going over legalism. Now, this certainly has become war. And what I mean by war is these apologetics, these Sunday Christian apologetics, are starting to call those that keep the law of God legalism. That we are trying to earn salvation through our own works. Not not the fact that we do the good works, but our own works. And they said that this is pretty much a dangerous way to serve God. Stay tuned, brothers and sisters. We're going to go deeper into it in this podcast episode. You're listening to IUPR Bible Podcast with your host, the Apostle Reuben, teaching the people the Bible, podcasting out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters. I'm your host, the Apostle Reuben. Now, legalism. Legalism is beginning to be widespread over the church. When all else fails, when they cannot debate with scripture, they create a philosophy, a man-made doctrine in order to deceive the people who who are, excuse me, unlearned in the Bible. Second Peter chapter three, verse 15 says, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Verse 16. Listen up. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood which they that are unlearned, which is the average person. Now, he has studied how to combat um, scripture, but he won't do, he'll do it in a way we're going to see. But as you will see, I'm going to be going to scripture to show you that these people are confused. That are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Let's listen to this so-called apologetic. Talk about what legalism is. And I'm going to be pausing this short video and going to scripture to show that what he's talking about is utter confusion. Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. Apologist. Apologetics seeks to give credible answers to curious questions, to give a defense. What is legalism? If you're looking for a good book in the scripture to learn about legalism, study the book of Galatians. Study the book of Galatians. So he's telling ministers to study the book of Galatians. You hear that a lot. Study the book of Galatians. Use that one book of Paul to try to twist 
what is being built in Israel today. And I'm not talking about the Israel over there overseas. I'm talking about the 12 tribes scattered abroad, the true children of God. Let us listen on. Here you learn about the Judaizers who were this Jesus plus group where they wanted to add to Christ's finished work on the cross. How can these Judaizers ask? Now, he, when he says Judaizers, what, he's, what he means is these people who are teaching law past the crucifixion of Christ. That's what he's talking about. Let us continue. Cross. Legalism is adding works to our life in order to uh, earn our own salvation or to earn favor before God. Uh, legal now, to, to do good works and to want favor from God. Brothers and sisters, favor came from God before the death of Christ. See, this is what I mean about the confusion of these ministers. We're going to go to two scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4. This verse in this chapter is going to show you that favor came from God before Christ came on the scene. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 4 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days. This is verse 2, and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth, which comes from keeping the commandments, forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Verse 4, so shall thou find favor. To keep the commandments, you, you find favor and good, understanding in the sight of God and man. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 9 says this. Fools make a mock of sin. So fools copy sin. But among the righteous, which keeps the law, according to Luke 1, verse 6, there is favor. We're not trying to earn favor. God gives us favor if we keep the law. Now, let's go to Colossians. I mean, excuse me, Ephesians. He didn't say all Paul's letters. He targeted a specific book because that is the book that some Sabbath teachers have a problem with. Not all, especially not on this platform. We have no problems with Galatians from the front to the back, we can break down the book of Galatians on this program, and it's going to happen. Ephesians, he said, good works and favor. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. So, <clears throat> excuse me, 
you would have to be taught of grace and you would have to be taught of faith because even though grace and faith are words, they have meanings behind them. And both of them started back in the book of Genesis and worked their way up to Paul. That's something that he could not teach. 66 books in the Bible, according to them, and they go to one book to talk about grace. Oh, I should, oh, excuse me, two books. Romans chapter 6, 14 and 15, and Galatians, again, 5, verse 4 and 5. Nowhere else. Uh, grace is found from Genesis up to the point of Paul. Faith is found in Genesis up to the point of Paul. But people have never been taught the true grace from beginning to Paul or the true faith from the beginning of, to Paul, but of the wisdom of men. I'm going to read it again. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, not of works. Now, who is doing the works and who is doing the boasting? Well, if you are willing to understand Paul's letters, you can go to Paul's other letters and he gives a clearer understanding of what he's talking about. First, I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 18. Who is Paul writing to when he writes the letter to the Ephesians? Because this is one thing that these apologetics will not explain. Acts 18, verse 19. And he came to Ephesus, the Ephesians, and left them there. But he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So there are Jews in Ephesus. Let's go back. Let's speak on back to Ephesians 2, verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me show you who's doing the boasting. Let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 2, verse 17. Romans 2, 17 says, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. So Paul, the, the ones that were making the boast are the Jews that are in these areas. As I said before, brothers and sisters, there are Jews in Rome. Acts 18, verse 1 and 2. We just read Acts 18 and 19. There are Jews in Ephesus. Acts 17, verse 1 and 2. There are Jews in Thessalonica. There are Jews in these different regions Paul is writing to. He's not writing to Gentiles. He's writing to the Jews in these places. So when we go back to understanding Ephesians 2, verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 3. We're going to start reading verse 27. Real quick. It says, where is boasting then? He's talking about the boasting. Remember, Ephesians 2 and 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Watch this. 
Romans 3.27 says, where is boasting then? It, it is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but the law of faith. Wait a minute. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For, for by grace ye are saved through faith. What faith? The law of faith. You do not keep the law by the works of the Jews, but you kept the law by faith. That's why in Matthew 23, verse 23, again, Christ says, you pay tithes of mint on this and coming, but omit the weightier matters of the law, which is judgment, mercy, and faith. Faith is a matter of the law. That apologist will not tell you that. It is the reading of all scripture. But as you will see in this short or a clip that I'm playing for you, not one scripture is quoted. This is the tactic that they're using. Get them out of the Bible. So the works of the law were the works of the temple. We keep telling people that sacrifice and offerings was the means of forgiveness before Christ. Why do we keep happening the sacrifice if Christ has come on the scene and died for our sins. These Jews that were in Ephesus did not understand that Christ came to die for our sins. So what were they doing? The works of the law, which was by sacrifice. Hebrews 10 and 8 says sacrifices were offered by the law. But I'm not going to go that deep into it because this podcast episode is a little bit shorter than what I intended, but let us go back to this apologist. Legalism uh, is a dangerous, dangerous form of religion to get into. And it's dangerous because it kills these Sunday churches. He's letting them know by code, hey, they're leaving our churches. Wake up. One by one, they're leaving the Sunday church because they're getting the scriptures explain to them now instead of how we do it by just doing a lot of talking reading one verse many christians can fall into it in fact if we're honest probably all of us can fall into it where we're seeking to please god by our good works now obviously we should want to do good works we now he says if we're seeking to please god by our good works if we are seeking to please God by our good works, please God. Now, I'm going to read you three scriptures. I want to, I just want to read you three scriptures. I want to go back to the Old Testament. What is he talking about? Please God. Let's get the book of 1 Samuel 19, verse 4. 1 Samuel 19, verse 4. I might have four scriptures to read. 1 Samuel 19, verse 4 says, And Jonathan spake good of David, and Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been toward thee very good. So good works are not with sin. Good works are without sin. So what kind of works are good works? Keeping the law of God. 
keeping the law. So Romans chapter 8, I'm just going to read this one first because it's closer to what I just read. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Those that do not keep the commandments cannot please God. I'm proving to you with chapter and verse who pleases God. Let's go to the book of 1 John chapter 3. He says that we do good works, these works to please God. Well, let me prove it to you. 1 John 3 verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We're not trying to earn anything from God. We know that the commandments please him. See that? See how this man is trying to confuse those who are unlearned? Because he cannot come up with a chapter and a verse that says you can please God any other way besides keeping the commandments. Philippians 2.13. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Let me show you something. It says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. His good pleasure. What is his good pleasure? Psalms 103. You'll never get this from these apologetics. Psalms 103. Psalms 103, verses 20 and 21. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Verse 21. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, that ministers of his, that do his pleasure. The pleasure of God is the keeping of the commandments. It's already pleasure unto the Lord to keep the law. We're just keeping it because we know it pleases him according to scripture. So what is this man talking about? Let us, watch, let us continue. Watch the confusion should want to do good deeds and and trying to fulfill uh, portions of God's word uh, where he's asking us not portions of God's word eh? portions portions okay I thought the key was to fulfill all of God's good words to obey him. We realize that some portions of it don't apply to us as much today, like certain law codes. We should seek, though, to strive to... The certain law codes are sacrifice. Sacrifice was of the law. 
those are the certain law codes. Apply all the areas of scripture that are relevant to us and that God wants us to apply those timeless truths. At the same token, we should be weary if we're seeking to do those things in order to earn something from God. You see, the Christian's heart should not be driven to do things to earn God's favor. Rather, it should be a result of your gratitude of God's grace in your life. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, this is the confusion, not one chapter, not one verse. If, even if I talk to you in a couple of minutes, I'm going to have at least three or four verses out of the Bible. This man hates the Bible like many of the apologetics do. Matthew 19, verse 16. Let Christ tell you about salvation. Let him tell you. It says, Matthew 19, verse 16 says this, And behold, one came and said unto him, They hate this verse, by the way. Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Let's see if it's depending on God's grace, like he's talking about. Verse 17, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Why did Christ say this? The book of Ezekiel 33, verse 15. These ministers will not face us head on and no debate. They run and tuck their legs under their tails because we will embarrass them in front of their ministers. Ezekiel 33, verse 15 says this, If the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, which this United States of America has robbed our forefathers from the beginning. Walk in the statutes of life. Walk in the statutes of life. Walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, which is sin. He shall surely live. He shall not die. When the Bible says he shall surely live, that is eternal life. Like Christ is saying in verse 17 of Matthew 19. Verse 18. And he saith unto him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy mother and thy father, honor thy father and thy mother, excuse me, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, brothers and sisters, all of these commandments preceded Moses. I'm going to do a podcast episode, especially on that alone, showing you that every law preceded Moses, but God reinstituted the law again unto Moses to give to the people. But notice, to get eternal life, he's talking about the Ten Commandments and the sub-laws of the Ten Commandments, the laws in between. 
eternal life from Christ. That's why he said, go to the letters of Paul, because he knows Christ. He knows Christ tells us what gives us eternal life as well. And we don't follow after Paul. We follow after Christ, because as it says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, be ye followers of, be ye followers of me as I am also of Christ. So Paul followed Christ. Why don't these apologetics follow Christ? Why they always want to go to the letters of Paul? To trick the unlearned. Let's continue. So God's kindness leads us to repentance. What is God's kindness? What is God's kindness? Let's, let's see. He says he's talking a lot of words, but I'm going to show you what God's kindness is. God's kindness. What is it? Realize, brothers and sisters, that this is what I'm, what I'm showing you is what will never be read in the Sunday church. Proverbs 31, verse 30. 26. Proverbs 31, verse 26 says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. God's kindness is in the law. Let me show you again. Let's get Psalms. Psalms 119, verse 88. It says, quicken me after thy loving kindness. And I shall keep the testimonies of thy mouth. Wow. So God's loving kindness is in his law. Verse 1, let, let, me, let, let me see which verse I want to read now. Because I'm not sure if I, I want to get the best possible chapter and verse. Let's go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, the Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, have I loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with joy, or excuse me, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. And again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin Israel. And thou shalt again be adorned with thine tabrets. And shall go forth in the in the dances of them that make merry. So God's loving kindness and grace comes through law. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 29, I'm showing you, brothers and sisters, again, I'm going slow. Psalms 119, verse 29 says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. See, there was no way that a sinner continuously would get grace when you teach from Genesis to the letters of Paul. That's why Paul says, see, that's why Paul, see, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says, What then? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in 
transgression transgressing sin is the transgression of the law first john 3 and 4. romans 6 verse 1 what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound god forbid because god does not give grace to sinners like they teach now he gave us grace to repent from sin i'm going to show you two scriptures that prove that god does not continue to give grace to sinners that's why they don't talk about the whole bible oh well let's go to paul paul is gonna wait there's others like james james the brother of christ why not why don't we want to hear what he has to say about any of this just paul only see this lets you know that they are unlearned in the scriptures watch this in james chapter 4 verse 6 it says i'll, I'll start in verse 5. it says do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy watch this but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith god resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble god doesn't give grace to the proud he giveth grace to the humble it says the same thing in first peter 5 and 5. and when we come back brothers and sisters we're going to look up proud and humble. Stay tuned. You're listening to IUPR Radio with your host, the Apostle Ruben. Welcome back, brothers and sisters, to this podcast episode as we come to the end. Uh, brothers and sisters, remember now, I, I'm going to show you the proud, and then I'm going to show you the humble, because these are words with meaning, and the Bible tells us what it means. So what does it mean to be proud? The book of Psalms 119, verse 85. Now, I, I, you can find the same thing in Psalms 119, verse 29, but I want to read the book of Psalms, chapter 119, which is one of my favorite chapters and verses, verse 85. It says, The proud, the proud have dig pits for me, this is David, which are not after thy law, like this apologist is doing digging pits for people, which is not after the law. The proud, now I, I'll read verse uh, 21. Psalms 119 verse 21 says, Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. So what James was saying, God resisteth the proud, those who don't keep God's commandments, but he giveth grace to the humble. The book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. How did God humble us? Deuteronomy, chapter 8, 
and verse 3, and verse 2, Deuteronomy 8 and 2. It says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would, wouldest keepeth his commandments or no. The keeping, the humbling was to prove us, to see if we have kept the commandments or no. Jeremiah 44, Jeremiah 44, verse 10. I'm going to show you that there were times when they didn't humble themselves, but I want to show you that it says the same thing that it says in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, 8 and 2, excuse me. Jeremiah 44 verse 10 says, They are not humbled even unto this day. Neither have they feared nor walked in my law, nor in my statutes that I set before you and before your fathers. The humbling brothers and sisters came to those who walked in God's law. You walked in God's law, you humbled yourself. Matthew chapter 18, excuse me, not Matthew, but Luke. I'm quoting from all over the place. I got scripture. I have the 18th chapter, but I just said the wrong book. When you look at this, Matthew chapter, excuse me again, Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. What, what does Christ mean by despise? Look at, let's look at Proverbs 14, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 14. You got to be proven things. This is what, this is how you should learn. It's not just going place to place. I'm showing you what it means to despise others. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 21. And this is what this apologist is doing. In code, he is despising people. He might, he might sound upbeat, but he is despising people because he despises God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 8. Proverbs 14, verse 21 says, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. See, to be humbled is to keep God's laws. To be proud is to disobey God's laws. As I said, it says the same thing in 1 Peter 5 and 5. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. So what's going to happen to those who don't keep the law? The proud that don't keep the law. Malachi 4 verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, which is sin, which is what the proud do, which is not keep the commandments, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. The result, that's why Paul said in Romans 6.23, 
for the wages of sin is death. How death comes is up to God. Let's listen on. That's what the motive is for repentance. His kindness, meditating on his grace, thinking about his unconditional. His kindness, which is in the law. Repenting, Ezekiel 18, verse 30, from your sins. You cannot call yourself repenting unless you repent from sin. You must repent from transgressing his law. These people are using words off the top of their tongue and not telling people what they mean. That is the difference between the Sunday community and the Sabbath community. One's going to tell you what repent means. He's just going to say it. No love. Considering his mercy. Those kind of things just in considering his mercy. All right. What is his mercy? Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 10. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. That is God's mercy. I told you I'm going to pause to show you with scripture every word he's saying. He's just talking. But I'm showing you where the mercy comes in at. We already read it in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Mercy and truth comes from the keeping of the commandments. Everything he's speaking is against the Bible. You just got to know, brothers and sisters, how to read between the lines. Diffuse us with the passion to love him and to serve him. So be weary of legalism. Be weary of those who come along and add extra rules to your life. God works differently. Nobody is adding extra rules to your life. We're not adding extra rules at all. These rules apply to please God and to get eternal life. They're not adding rules. Every commandment in the Bible was there before Christ. And what he means by adding, I'm going to give you this side note. What he means by adding is when we say that, we, that you must keep the law above. Wait a minute. Keep the law above. Christ. No. We're not saying that. We're keeping the law and the faith because the law is in the faith of Jesus Christ. The, the law, the faith, is not in the law of sacrifice. There's no faith in that. As it says in Deuteronomy, uh, I think Deuteronomy 32, verses 15 through 20. There is no faith and taking tithes from people every Sunday. Oops, did I say that? But they still do that law. Trickery. Differently in us as individuals. Now, we don't have the right to pick and choose what we want to do and not do in the Bible. It's but, our job to properly... But that's what they're doing, picking and choosing. See the confusion? He's picking and choosing what they should do understand God's word and apply it to our life. But there's a lot of Christians that would love to come alongside your life and add some rules to it. And the way I look at it is, man, I have a hard enough trying to, I have a hard enough time trying to apply uh, God's word as is to my own life. I don't need people's extra rules. So there is nobody coming to you with extra rules. When we teach keeping the law 
in the faith of Christ. It is the Bible that has given that rule. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle in no wise shall pass from the law till all be fulfilled. That's not the death of the cross. Not the death of the cross. All be fulfilled is even my second coming. My second coming. That also has to be fulfilled. Watch this. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle in no wise shall pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach other men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, salvation. Is this something that we're adding? No. This is what the Bible says. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. Romans 8, verse 4. Let's see if we're adding things to people like. I'm giving you scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 4 says. Well, let's read verse 3. For what the law could not do that was weak through the flesh, the flesh dealt with sacrifice. God sent forth his own son in the, like, the likeness of sinful flesh for the sin condemned, which is killed, sin in the flesh. He stopped the works of the temple that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh of those sacrifices and sins, but in the spirit, because the Bible says that the law is spirit. Romans 7, 14. So Paul just said we must that the righteousness in the, that is in the law might be fulfilled in us. So Paul is saying you must fulfill the law. Let's go to the book of Colossians. Colossians, these preachers, we're not adding anything. Colossians 1.25 says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word, which is the law of God. The word is the law. They're synonymous. Proverbs 13, verse 13. Psalms 119, verse 172. Psalms 103, verse 20. Brothers and sisters, they're not telling you what these things mean. You got to know what they mean. You have to know what they mean. James 2 and 8. These scriptures tell us that we have to fulfill the law. Not Christ done it for us. We have to. The book of James 2 and 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But verse 9 is the important thing. But if ye have respect of persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. Why? 
Why? Because this man is looking for favor of man without scripture. He hasn't proven anything with scripture. If you can go, we've went two minutes and 29 seconds and listen, because that's how long it is. We've, we've gone, it's actually two minutes, 50 seconds, but I'm tired of listening to him because, again, he's trying to tell his apologetic friends and codes, hey, look, they're taking members. They're taking members. We have to figure out a way. It won't be biblical because everything they're teaching is biblical. What we have to do is we have to say it's their rules, somebody's rules. No, everything we teach is biblical and that ye have to fulfill the law. There's no way you can have, let me, let me get you one more and then I'm going to conclude. Let's go back to Galatians 6. Watch, watch Galatians. He talk about go to Galatians. I'm, we, we're ready for him. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, If a man be overtaken in fault, which is sin, ye which are spiritual, you watch, ye that are, that are spiritual, because the law is spiritual, Romans 7, 14, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye up one another's burdens so and so fulfill the law of christ so the law of christ is in meekness that's why christ said in matthew 5 verse 14 what do i want to go verse 5 blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth if you are meek what are you let's get the books i'm gonna tell you again we must restore such a, such a one in meekness. What does it mean to be meek? The book of Psalms, chapter 25, verse 9. It says, the meek, he will guide in judgment. And the meek shall teach his way. If you are meek, the spirit of meekness is teaching the law. His way is the law. Psalms 119, verse 30 to Psalms 119, verse 30, 32, and 33. Psalms 119, verse 15. The way of God is the law of God. If you're meek, you teach the law. So if we restore such a one that is in sin, in the spirit of meekness, we fulfill the law of Christ. Come on. All you got to do is break down the wording. They just like to read past it, but we break down the wording. To be meek is in judgment. Last scripture. Let's look at one more of the meek. Zephaniah. See, these are men who were inspired by the Holy Ghost that wrote these things. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3 says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, his laws. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Brothers and sisters, that is what we want to be. When the day of the Lord's anger come, we want to be hid out of destruction. But this pastor 
This apologist wants us to endure destruction as he is teaching. That's, this is what Peter was talking about. That's what I mean. Second Peter 3.16. We want to be hid by being meek, by keeping God's laws. Not trickery. Second Peter 3.16, and then I'm gone. It says, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned, like this apologist, not one verse, not one chapter, and unstable rest as they do other scriptures until their own destruction. He's looking to be destroyed in the final days. The doctrine of Satan is a doctrine that grasp the heel of the believer to try to pull them in a destruction that is meant for them. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, some people cannot repent. Esau, as they call the Caucasian. If the true repentance cannot be applied by them, then don't you think they're going to take somebody by the heel down with them into the pit? And with that, I say all praises to the Most High. This is IUPR with your host, the Apostle Ruben. Be sure next week, brothers and sisters, to join us in another podcast episode where we bring the salvation of our people, the 12 tribes to life.